Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Um, Before we take communion, there was something on my heart that I wanted to share this morning. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get there. Uh, I felt it was from the Lord. It was, I keep hearing this theme in the back, in the green room this morning about fruit. And um, we were all pretty much in agreement. They didn't even see my notes. And I was just, it was just amazing how the team was talking. And it seemed like we were all just on the same lines because Jesus is really shaking the tree right now. You know, how many tree is being shaken? Just a little bit. And the scripture talks about the Lord in the last days will shake everything that can be shaken so that everything that remains, it's God's will that it remained. And so my, my encouragement to the body this morning is to, to, to not grieve over the fallen fruit in your life, what seems to be fruit. Do you understand when I say that? Am I speaking too deep? Like, don't grieve over, like, if God wants to cut off a certain relationship or job or whatever it might be, just because seasons shift. And we sometimes we think that the fruit that we're experiencing in this season of our lives will serve well in the next season. And that's not oftentimes God's desire. And, and many times the reason that people end up fruitless in their life is because they resist the shaking. They try, when the fruit falls, they try to hold the, glue it back and use super glue. Like, I need that fruit, Lord. But John chapter 15 is clear that he comes to prune us that we might bear more fruit. Can I just read that? Can I read that scripture? Can I just free flow this morning and just talk? I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. It says, Jesus is speaking. Everybody say, Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine. He's saying that there's other vines in the world, right? He's the true vine. Everybody say, Jesus is the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Now, what does that mean? So, so Jesus is the true vine, but the heavenly father, God, everybody say God, is the vine dresser. Now, what is the vine dresser's job? It's not for the person to bear fruit. It's to cut the fruit. Do you see the partnership between God, the son and God, the father? Now, I'm just getting this right now is that Jesus' job is to be the vine. Your job is to connect to the vine. God's job is to trim the vine. The Holy Spirit's job, what is he known as in the, in the scriptures? Living water. He is to water the vine. Do you see the partnership between the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The son, he's the vine. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You abide in him. And then as a result, we bear fruit in our lives. 
How many want to be fruitful? I'm going to give you one more shot on that one. How many want to be fruitful? Yeah. Do you know what I mean by fruitful? That doesn't mean money. It could, but only to a degree. Some of you have no problems um, paying your bills, but you're absolutely tormented and live in fear or lack peace. Or uh, this could be another thing, never satisfied. You get promoted, still not satisfied. You get the raise, still not satisfied. You get the spouse, still not satisfied. You get the new car, you thought that would do it, still not satisfied. I call that fruitless. Because you cannot be connected with Jesus and not be satisfied. But you can be connected to everything else and not be satisfied if you're not connected to Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Jesus is the vine, the heavenly father. God is the vine dresser. In other words, he looks back at that tree. He sees that certain fruit in our life makes the tree off balance. You ever had a tree that was off balance? I don't know. I like trees. And I'm getting older. I'm only 38, but I'm like an 80-year-old inside. Like me and my wife are talking about greenhouses and stuff already. Like we're looking at a piece of property. We're like, we're going to raise cows, chickens, and we're just going to pass through this church. It's, I don't know what's in the air. Anybody else feel like that? Like, okay, I'm not crazy. And, and now I look at trees if they're like, you know, that's, it's got to be the 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock look. You know what I mean? There are people looking at me like they're not tree people. I'm not a tree hugger, okay? Let me just establish that. I am not a tree hugger. I don't talk to trees. I will trim trees, though. The three o'clock, nine o'clock is like this, so it looks like a, you know, a, half, a half moon. Three o'clock, nine o'clock. So if it's off balance and one is hanging low, you cut it. God works that way. If he examines your life and he looks to see, hmm, I think this needs to go, Tony. Or Donnie, you know, that's a, that's, I know you like the fruit, but it's actually pulling, the, your marriage is suffering. Or you're too busy. Come on, you church folks know exactly what I'm talking about. You're on your phone too much. Your tech always breaks and it's not the devil. <laughs> it's the Lord cutting. You understand what I mean? So God, God will step back and evaluate you and say, oh, this has to go. This relationship is toxic to you. It has to go. And we grieve over the loss. And listen, this can even happen with your children in certain seasons. No, you still love them. But if that thing starts to pull you into toxicity, God will say, I need you to let him or her do their thing. Trust me, they're mine before they're yours. God made that seed work in the womb, not us. And God will allow certain things to diminish. And actually, you know what? Sometimes, yes, Lord, I hear you. Some, there's somebody possibly in here or some bodies. If you're a father or a mother, you love well. But sometimes even in our attempt to love, we rescue them out of the very purposes that God has for them. Like we try to protect them from pain. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Should I stop talking? Sometimes we rescue people out of the pit that God has put them in. And we loan them money when God wants them to struggle. Don't, don't nudge her. I saw you nudge her. 
Talking to you too. Jesus is the vine. God trims the vine. The Holy Spirit waters the vine. All right, that was just the first verse. (laughs) I'll get through it. Be patient with me. Fruit of patience. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? That it might bear more fruit. And you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Do you see how he repeated that? He needed us to get it. Like if, if you are in a season of your life where anybody ever besides me, I'm probably the hardest head in here. You can ask Rick. Did it take about eight years, Rick? About eight, something like that. I mean, Rick had to get away from me from one season. He's like, this guy's just not getting it. He did. He cut me off for about two years. I knew the Lord would deal with him, and he did. He won't let me cut him off now, though, like tied to my hip. But we have to, we have to discern. We have to discern. Like, you ever seen a cycle in your life? Like a cycle it over and over and over, and you can't break it? That's when you try to hold on to certain fruit that God's been trying to get rid of, and it causes frustration. You understand? Why God's trying to cut, we try to make it remain. And what happens if certain, certain fruits can become toxic to certain trees if it's not pruned? Did you know that trees will grow diseases? Did you know that? I used to work in a nursery. Yeah, for about a year or two as a, as a teenager. And, and when trees would start uh, getting this, what, what do they call it on the trees? It's like this toxic stuff that starts to grow on the vine. Like if, it, if, it's, if it's left unmaintained, if it's not cut, it starts to develop toxins. And, and I feel like the Lord is saying to the body right now, let me cut away at these certain things because I'm doing it for your health. I'm, I'm doing it so that I can create some longevity in your life. I, I'm wanting you to thrive. I'm wanting you to be fruitful. But you keep trying to hold on to yesterday's fruit and I'm trying to prune you. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? But he re-emphasizes this two times in case we didn't get it the first time. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, Jesus said. And he says it all over again. It's completely repetitive, kind of like me. My wife says I'm repetitive. She said, honey, you are truly like an old man. You tell the same stories. I drive by something. I'm like, I did that project one time. She said, you told me like three times. What's in case she didn't get it? I'm just trying to be like Jesus. So he says it a second time. Unless you abide in the vine, you cannot bear fruit of yourself. You have to abide. I want to tell you this. We have to stop looking for fruit in our lives. No matter what that looks like. Relationally, financially, spiritually, none of that. You don't look for the fruit. You look to stay connected to the vine. That's where our satisfaction is. As soon as you feel peace lift off of your life, it is a sign It is a sign that you have disconnected from the vine. 
I'm getting, I'm learning some stuff now. Let me, let me explain this to you. I saw you looking off and to like explain. I'll explain. My friend Colleen. There are times because of the stresses of work and ministry, and both have stresses, that it can literally kill you. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. And like I'll start to have chest pain. Like when there's too many things going on, I'm like, oh, I'm 38 years old. Like my beard is graying. I immediately, if I get a text even, I, I got good at it. Even this morning I had a text and I, I wanted to engage in this. It was something that, not bad. It was good. I need, it needs to be talked about. But because I knew I was going into service, I said, mm -mm, I can't, I can't. Because I knew if I were to connect with that conversation in the wrong moment, the peace of God would lift off of me. You understand? So you don't have to always talk about it. Sometimes it's not a right or wrong thing. It's a timing thing. Are you hearing me? Like, do you ever realize that the enemy intentionally tries to mess with you before you come to service? Do you know why he does that? Because he knows if he can get your heart out of position, when you get in here, you won't receive. And now you'll start looking, yeah, it's like the, the, the inspiration that that man got to come up with uh, caller ID was divine. No, seriously, you have to guard. Nope. <laughs> no, you can't be that way. Just filter things. Through, look at it through timing timing. Like I, I have to keep my heart right. I have to keep my mouth right. And if you steward that, God will entrust you with his information more. He'll entrust you with his presence more. It's kind of like, you know how in the old Testament, they guarded the tabernacle. You have to guard. You have to guard. Say, I have to guard what God gives me. Yes. And so sometimes we get caught in these same little cycles, these same little cycles, and we have to break them. And God will use us to break them. Amen? So he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not, listen to this, does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, now watch this, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. But listen to this. Say, ask what you desire. I've, ta I've taught you a little bit of this before. Now, you have to understand that the, the, the branch can't desire apart from the vine. When you're truly connected to Jesus, like you won't even want certain relationships anymore. Okay? Like, like you will know and discern if something is the will of God. Only to the degree that you're connected to Jesus. Do you hear me? Like if you, see, you, if you see this repetitive cycle in your life, like certain fruit popping up and you're like, oh, that's not godly fruit. Oh, I'm always struggling in my relationships. This is when you have to get more relational with Jesus. Because then the fruit of your relationships, the fruit of that will be how connected you were to Jesus. Is my language too deep this morning? Am I talking too much like Rick? Do I need an interpreter? Are you hearing me? Or if the peace lifts, it's because your mind is falling. You know, you're getting too much into situations. You're getting too far into the dirt. You're not called to get into the dirt of things. You're called to abide. You're not called to get everything worked out. You're called to abide in Jesus. You cannot fix people. 
Jesus fixes people. And we are not the third person of the Trinity the last time I read John. Connect to Jesus. I, I, I assumed my personal, made it my personal responsibility to fix people when we launched this church four and a half years ago. Now I know I can't fix people. I can't. And listen, you can't fix a spouse. You can't fix your children. You can't fix your boss. How's that been working? Grandchildren? You can't. But you can abide. And just abiding, even if the fruit doesn't change, the attitude of the branch, meaning me and you, changes. Our perspective changes. Are you hearing me? The branch is only meant to find satisfaction abiding in the vine. Because branches were built for the vine. That's what we were built for. No matter how many problems you try to solve outside of being connected to Jesus, your heart won't find happiness. You'll just go to the next thing that you think you need to do, that you need to accomplish. Isn't it funny how the goalpost continues to move? Maybe a new job is going to do it. Yeah, but you've had five. And they keep changing. Maybe it's the church. Find one a little bit more spirit-filled. Maybe one that's not as spirit-filled. Maybe one that's a little bit more, I don't know, um, have more certain worship songs, more CCM. Maybe that's going to make your heart satisfied. Maybe more gospel. That's going to do it. None of it does it. Only Jesus satisfies See, when we don't find our satisfaction in him, you know what the branch starts doing? It starts, you ever seen, the, we called it a wild hair. I used to have a, um, I used to have a tree business called Trinity Trees. Back when Charlie came, we were storm chasers. That was such a fun time in my life. That was before, that was BC, honey. That was before you, sorry. But that was when I just chased storms, you know? And, and they would say, when they'd look at a tree, they said, catch that wild hair. It would be like a branch all by itself, way out. You ever seen that on a tree? It's like, where did that... It's like, you know, you get a wild hair, where are all the guys at? You know, you get a, one that's like, that's gray and it's going the other direction, not following. It's kind of like that with trees. When, when, when the branch, meaning me or you, say me. Yes, you are the branch. He's the vine. When we do not find satisfaction in the vine because of whatever reasons, you don't, you don't like the way Jesus does it, you don't care for his methodologies, you start growing in your, in your own direction. And we start making silly choices like church hopping, friend hopping. We, we, we put all of our time into Facebook, Instagram. Are y'all hearing me this morning? We start doing silly stuff. We start doing dumb stuff, engaging in the wrong things. Do you know sin is not the problem? Sin is not the problem. You know what sin is? It's a life trying to find satisfaction. And when your life is not satisfied in Christ alone, your, your spirit, your, your physical man, your soulish man will try to find satisfaction and start going in other directions. Making more money. Getting on that mouse wheel. That, you know, rocking chairs are fun, but they don't go anywhere. 
It gives you something to do, but it don't go nowhere. When we're unsatisfied in here, we start to complain, 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 complain. Yeah, it'll give you something to do, but it's not. When you're satisfied in him, listen, I want to tell you this. This is very important what I'm about to tell you. I was a part of a church for many years. The Lord is dealing with me on all this stuff too. He deals with me oftentimes before it comes out from here. Because I find myself falling sometimes into some of these things, right? But I want to teach you how to overcome. And and overcoming is all about abiding in Him. It's all about connecting with Christ. It's all about loving Him and making Him your sole priority. And if you don't find satisfaction in Him, you fight to find satisfaction in Him until you start to love what He loves. Because loving what we've loved has not got us anywhere. Are you hearing me? Let me read on. He goes on to say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying. You desire what he does. So, so when you connect to him, you can't even want things apart from him. Everything that you start to pray for, it's, it happens because it's not even you who wants it. It's him in you wanting it. Relationally, spiritually, financially, whatever you find yourself in doing. Ah, I remember what I was going to say. As it relates to a church, you know why people church hop? It's because they not, they're not finding satisfaction in Jesus. And, and then they, they try to make it about the music, but it's not about the music. They try to make it about the culture. Not enough Spanish, not enough white, not enough African-American, not enough this or that, not enough Asian, whatever it is. We start making it about the temperature of the church because we don't want to be honest with the fact that we're just not satisfied with Jesus. This is what it was. As I was at a church for many years, my pastor of many years, and in the end, see, he passed. It was a bad, he took a bad mix. The church grew from four members to uh, 10,000 plus. We were having like three services a day, massive. You had to have police officers just guiding the traffic, and I was in church from literally 7 something a.m. to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. This is why we have long services. It's my pastor's fault. And he's gone. He's still affecting me. His influence on my life affected me. And, and the church was in utter disarray. You know, and I wasn't cliquish at all. I just wanted Jesus. I, I could be found mopping the floors, very independent, put my earphones on and just, just give me Jesus. I had no idea what was going on. And everybody seemed to know about, but me. Everybody seemed to know but me. And in the very end, when it all finally happened and came out, they're like, you didn't know any of this? No, because first of all, I wasn't hunting for the information. I was too busy abiding. Listen, music won't bother you here. The fact if a worship team is here or not, or the temperature's hot or cold, or there's nice lights, or even if there's not an LED screen, none of that will matter when you're busy abiding. None of that will matter. I was told of a story of a person who came in and they found everything wrong with the church. Everything. There's no ushers. I didn't like the blue chairs. I wish they would have gray chairs. They should black the whole place out. They should have, you know, fog machines, all these different things. 
And they said, okay, you can leave the church. Since you want to leave the church, there's all these different complaints. The pastor's not, you know, reading out of the NIV. He's reading out of the New King James like me, just finding every problem possible. They said, okay, you're allowed. We're going to release you from the church. We're going to, God bless you. But before you do, we want you to come to one last service and we want you to do something for us. And this person agreed and said, okay, I'll do that. And we're going to give you a little, um, not a skit, but like a, what do you call that? Um, activity to do. So the person gets handed a glass cup and this person's cup gets completely filled to the brim. But they said, listen, if you make one mistake and you, you know, you drop any water on the floor, you're in trouble. So your job is going to be to focus on keeping the water in the cup. And we want you to walk around the room two or three times. And this person normally would walk in the room and just start finding everything wrong. But this person's focused on the cup and takes a couple laps around the, around the, um, around the sanctuary and didn't drop one drop of water on the floor. And this person was really proud of themselves. And then the pastor comes up to them and says, did you see anything wrong this morning? No, including me. I, you know, I didn't drop any water on the floor. And the pastor said, that's exactly the heart posture you have to have when you come and worship Jesus. Focus on what God has put in your hands, not everybody else's hands. Focus on what God has entrusted you with. You focus on you. Listen, you know what Smith Wigglesworth said? He said, you will never in your life ever judge where somebody is at spiritually if you took about a week and looked at your own internal struggles. You wouldn't have time to give your business to other people. You wouldn't have time to give thought to other people. If you would just look at yourself and say, God, get to work on these things in me, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have time to look at other people. You'd be too busy abiding in him so he can get rid of the stuff in me and you. Are you hearing me this morning? Now watch this. It goes on to say this, and we're going to close with communion. Are you enjoying this? I am. He goes on to say, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Say much fruit. How many want much fruit? He says, and, and by this, the father is glorified that you bear much fruit for you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, watch this, that my joy may remain in you. The lack of joy is a sign of lack of abiding. Remember we were talking about satisfaction? See, I didn't even know that word was in there. When we have a lack of satisfaction, a lack of joy, it is a sign of our proximity or our distance in the Lord. How many can use a little bit of joy in their life? How do we find joy? Abiding. Abiding in Jesus. How do we abide? He went on to say, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you. Abiding in the word. The only time that you should be dissatisfied in your life is when your life doesn't look like God's word. And guess what his word sometimes looks like? Challenging, sacrificial. 
Christianity is not a promise of, 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 of a life of bliss. It's a promise of eternal life, suffering, but also fruitfulness. It's both bitter and sweet. Are you hearing me? He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. Say, the Lord's talking to me. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his friends. That's what true love is, everybody, when you're willing to lay your life down. Not protect it or preserve it, but to lay it down. To lay down its own agenda. That's how we bear fruit. Are you hearing me? You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. All things that I heard from the Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Watch this, that you should go and bear fruit. Now watch this. And that your fruit should do what? Remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command you. It's a command that you love one another. Amen. How many are ready to abide? Everybody say abide. Everybody take your communion elements out if you can and we're closing. I don't think that I have ever I don't think that I have ever uh, I've been walking with the Lord over well over 20 years now. You know, faithfully. When I say walking with the Lord, I mean not turning back faithfully for 20 years and I don't know if I have ever um, seen the body of Christ and people individuals in such a dissatisfied state you know the world has so much more than it used to back in the day when we were growing up it has more technology than ever it's got more money than it ever has had in times past more cars just more everything more but yet we are the most uh, dissatisfied than we've ever been. It is a lack of things? No, it's a lack of a person. It's a lack of a person. And his name is Jesus. And listen, you can have as much of Jesus as you want. Only as much as you want. You know, the Bible says that Jesus had the spirit without measure. He doesn't measure how much of him you get. He doesn't decide. He doesn't decide how much you get of him. Guess who decides? You do. You get to decide how much you abide in him and how much you do not. And abiding takes time. Abiding takes time being still in the Lord, right? Reading his word, sitting before him, meditating on his word day and night, obeying him. It takes effort to abide. I'm going to pray right now. So I want you to lift up these elements to the Lord. Right now we're closing. Father, we thank you for these elements that we're holding in our hands. 
this body that was, this bread that represents your body that was broken for us. I feel, I just feel from the Lord that the Lord is wanting to sever um, us from things that we've been connected to that we should not be connected to. And it might be a mindset. It might be relationship. It might be some, whatever is disconnecting you from Christ. Anything that's keeping you from abiding. It might be an attitude of the heart. It might be some unforgiveness. It might be a struggle that you're going through. It might be an addiction. But Lord, as we break this bread in our hands, Lord Jesus, as we break it, we pray that everything that's in our lives that is disconnecting us from you and distancing us from you, let it be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every belief system, every toxic emotion, every ungodly relationship, every sense of rejection, every weight, every heaviness, every sin that would so easily beset us and cause us to abide in something that you never called us to abide in. Lord, let it be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And as we receive this bread that represents your body, which was broken for us, Father, I pray that there would be a reconnection with you this morning. There would be a, a fresh abiding that would take place between you and every single person under the sound of my voice, even those watching live right now. Let an abiding take place. Let a strengthening of our relationship in you take place even right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may receive. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, this, this cup represents a lot of things. You know, when Jesus' corpuscles broke in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was called the place where the olive is crushed. You can call it also a grape. Like, Jesus was like a crushed grape. You know, that's, that's what wine is made from, grapes, right? And some of you are like, yeah, you really know. You know, don't you? All right. We'll have a prayer line for you at the end. I'm teasing. Um, Jesus was the first fruit. Did you know that's what the scripture says? Am I right about it, Rick? Jesus was the first fruit. That's what the Bible says. That fruit was crushed, crushed by the Father, by our Heavenly Father, God. And it created blood. When we take this, it represents first fruit, the blood of Christ. Amen? And as that fruit was cut, that fruit was crushed that on that tree right there. Not physically, but it was a tree like that, made of acacia wood. Christ was crucified and his blood shed. Why? Because he wanted to close the gap between you and God. So that you would have an opportunity to get what Adam lost again. The ability to abide. That's what the blood of Jesus is all about. It was shed. That fruit was crushed. Jesus himself was crushed. 
And when his blood spilled out, that's why Jesus said, it is finished. What was he saying when it was finished? Does any of us know? The distance between us and him, it is finished if we will take advantage of this blood that was shed and then we can abide again. Back to the garden. Back into perfect fellowship with God. Everybody say abide. As we take this that represents your body, Lord, you are the first fruit that was crushed for us. Your blood was shed so that we could be invited into something that was lost in the Garden of Eden when they ate from the wrong tree, from the wrong fruit. They were abiding in the wrong belief system. But Lord, as we take this this morning, I thank you that it represents your blood, your blood that was shed for us so that we could reconnect with you and abide like John chapter 15 says. And Father, I pray that even as we take this, something supernatural would take place. There would be a weightiness in every person's heart this morning a weightiness and a desire and a passion to abide in you like never before. And as we abide in you, Lord, may this precious blood disconnect us from everything that saps us, that saps us from all the good things that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name. As we take this, we choose today, and we vow, Lord, to abide in you, in you and us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready to abide? Amen. Amen. Can you stand to your feet? I'm going to release you. Thank you so much. Amen. We're going to just quickly uh, take up an offering, and you can do this as you leave. Um, you know you have a decent pastoral staff when they forget to take up offerings. God bless you, sir. Love you. You know, speaking of abiding, the Bible says if you give a cup of cold water to a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. That's not on my iPad or anything. It's just coming to me now as I quickly take up the offering. But that speaks of abiding. What that says is you don't necessarily have to be a prophet in order to get a prophet's reward. And you don't have to start a church to get a church's reward. But if you connect in what God is doing, if you abide in what God is doing, you receive the same reward. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.